Welcome to the Soul to Scene podcast. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and today I'm joined by Gary Riley. Ho, ho, ho. And Ross Annett. What is happening? And it's a bit of a Christmas 23 show, the last one of the year. If you missed our last episode, Gary and I were with some other RMSers over at the Classic Car Show in the NEC, yes. so... We were actually live from the show, and there's half an hour of ramblings about why that's an excellent event. So there's no, we'll, we don't think we'll talk about it too much unless there's any particular. No, I think, I think we've waxed lyrical enough about it. Just go to it; it's great. Ah, it's hard, hard yeah. to beat. So in this show, a uh, bit of a roundup of uh, the year. Another great year for car shows and all the rest. But we have a cyber truck. And I wanted to mention the Cybertruck. We we didn't talk about the Cybertruck last time, did we? No. No. And it's now been out, seen out in the roads. We've seen Musk and his smug face (laughs) annoying people with it. Uh, You see stupid people on YouTube saying about, oh, it has an exoskeleton or it can do this or it can do that. At the same time, quite striking. I really, really, really like it. I know people, you know, it's just so weird, but it's the angles of it. The size of it just it's completely different. Well, like it has to be the Northern Irish connection, you know, the stainless body, like the DeLorean. Yeah, you know, there's you, you, the folks DeLorean because of the, the oh, shape yeah. of the thing, you know, 100%. Have you seen the Matt Black one though? I think it looks 10 times better. Oh, really? Mm. You see, yeah, yeah. there's a, a photo of a Matt Black one. I'll see if I can dig it out here for the show notes. Have you seen a painted DeLorean? There's a couple of them, I'm not yeah. gonna yeah. 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 green one, and, and, but like it has to be at the same time, yes. I understand. It'd be nice and different. Color. Oh, right, okay. It looks very uh, blackbird yeah. military. Yeah, kind of like it would slip under police radar. Possibly. Will they age really badly? Um. Well, we thought that. Think about that. There, the Focus when it first came out. Remember when Rocco had the triangle tinted Focus? Oh no, the Focus was. I, I don't think the Focus was an offensive vehicle when it. I, I, no, I see what you're saying. I don't think this will age badly because I've got this theory that cars that age badly only do so because you draw references with all the cars that are similar to them and they've moved on. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year is totally unique. Any cars I can f- think of in the past that are very unique looking, I don't think they've aged that badly. They might have, you know, taillights could look old and bit 80s and things like that there, but the core shape of it. No. Well, you see, I'm, I'm thinking of like a 70s supercar from a... And I can't think, actually think of an example off the top of my head, but what I'm thinking is something that they tried to make futuristic Stratus. looking. Yeah, well, oh, Stratus yeah. or something, yeah, like the mm. wedge shoe or something like that there, you know, that... that um, now, the Stratus is has the rally heritage, you know, so that does help. Yeah. It's a car help. I never liked. It's a, it's a wee bit frog-eyed and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, there, there was just something about it. And then, do you remember when you would have been playing like Sega Rally and the the likes of that there? The Stratos was like the, the unicorn car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hated it. Hated it. Do you know, there's a great video from the en- Tesla engineering team, in fairness, and the design team, and they, quite unlike Tesla, to have the guys out front and centre saying, well, look, here's how we designed it. We didn't have the same production problems like we had with Model 3, Ramp up hell, they, they mm-hmm. would call it, and all that sort of stuff. But they had a Series 1 Lotus Esprit in the background, which is a wee wedge car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can see where, you know, they. There's cues. There are, well, that's the thing. There are design cues. It's not yeah. just, right, we designed this with a ruler and uh, a pencil by a school kid. Sven on the forum uh, makes it really clear as to why it is ruler and angular. That's because stainless steel is so hard to work with. 
uh, and especially the the thickness of of the the cyber truck mm-hmm. there are very limited shapes and angles you can make and the fact that they're able to get a uniformity with with everyone they're producing yeah no, well, as, was, as much as Tesla, you as much as Tesla, yeah. You know, there was there's obviously all the shots putting up of of um, like panel gap and things like that there. But you know something, I just think they're awesome. Mm. I really do. And look, the panel gap thing isn't even an interesting one. Uh, Gary's just showing us a red cyber truck here in the photos. I like it. It's racing. But is that not just a? <laughs> uh, that's just a Photoshop, isn't it? It's a Photoshop, sadly. Yeah, but it, it, it shows you what you know. Add a bit of colour in, and it actually does work. Te- Tesla can manufacture cars reasonably well now. Mm-hmm. You know the new, new Model Threes, the ones that are made in in, uh, in Shanghai or in in uh, Berlin or whatever. You know they are they are built a lot better. So maybe maybe as the world cars are built, they'll be in better shape. We're not getting them because they're not going to be right hand drive. They're probably never going to be type approved for the UK or Europe. I think that that's what the main thing we're saying was for for European crash testing. Uh, there's no chance that, <laughs> yeah. that three ton of stainless steel. Yeah, because even the, the carboy test was in America, wasn't it? They had some kind of a weird, you know, they, they did a recent uh, drag strip yeah. race, but it wasn't their normal venue. Like they normally use a, a runway somewhere, but this the, looked, the like, it looked wow, like a new road that was halfway the, through being built. The pipes wow, um test or the the drag race was actually at the back of the Tesla factory. Was it? Yep. So all I could see was mounds of earth and yeah, pipes still lying on the road. Yeah, or something going on. And uh, in his book, in Musk's, the Walter Isaacson book, that part of the factory, when they were building the Model 3, they didn't have enough space uh, to build enough cars. They wanted to get 5,000 cars a week or whatever it was. So they had to buy like temporary structures and build the cars out in the, in the yard. Class. Mad. But... The best you're saying about drag racing these things. Mm-hmm. The best drag race was was Musk mm-hmm. and the trolling he did of Porsche. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. So he had. The Epic. Tra- you have to watch the video. We'll put the video in the show notes. It is a Cybertruck versus uh, probably just a base spec 911. Absolutely trouncing it in the drag strip. But it's it's well shot because at the start you only see the front half of both cars. Uh-huh. We'll not and give it away in case no. people haven't seen it. You know, no, no spoilers, but. Yeah. Uh, no. uh, you know, and a bit of trolling's good fun. And, and it's it's the right place for him to do trolling, not him doing let that sink in and buying Twitter and making a mess of it. Mm-hmm. But again, he, do you know what's cool about him is that he literally doesn't care. Did you see his uh, interview where they talked about uh, Disney pulling the plug on Twitter? <laughs> Did you <laughs> see that? He was not happy about uh, Disney, the head of Disney anyway. Nope. No. Fair play to him. Well, to be in his position, how cool! I I know, but I think he's being like he's taking his eye off the ball. He should be focusing on building rockets and building cars. He doesn't need the 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 whole uh, X thing and and Twitter is just. It's not even a vanity project. It, it was down back to him, him being bullied at school, and now he owns the playground. Yeah. Is well, the, is the, isn't that how every entrepreneur gets where they are? There's something driving them. Ah, uh, well, from their childhood or whatever. That's true. That's you know. basically what he said was free speech. He thought it was worth whatever money he could afford to put in, and and that's where mm-hmm. go back to as you said the 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 bully or the the guy who's bullied now being in a position to basically fuck you money, and that's what he said. It, it's it's if you think that you can do this by by controlling free speech, I buy Twitter and let people say what they want on it, and we'll not be cancelling anybody. We'll not be doing this and that. So, and it's going well for him. It really is. Well, he cancelled a lot of Twitter staff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the posters. Seventy-five percent yeah. or something like that. There, yeah. the staff, un- un- unbelievable. But I say unbelievable too much. 
we're not here to talk about uh, corporations and their firing, firing practices. No. Uh, the Cybertruck, fair play to him that he's managed to get time to do it between all the tweeting and Everything firing else. he's doing. <laughs> you know, uh, like get us to Mars and uh, make better electric cars. That's what we want. First tweet from Mars will be a good one. Absolutely. Um, but last show of the year, I'm trying to think what else there is. Uh, another big thing that happened recently, did you, any of you watch the uh, Ken Block's last video that was filmed before he passed away in an untimely fashion, the Electric Hanna 2? Do you know something? I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I, I have been, me. I've been waiting to watch it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I've been watching all, all the rest in the prelude up to it, just to kind of go back to it, but I still haven't watched the, the new one. Well, what, Without giving you too many spoilers, it takes on a totally different dimension. Okay. Now the man's not here. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was done post-production because he's not here, or was it just the way it was shot at the time? Oh, uh, both ways. So uh, obviously when they are producing these things, they have GoPro. I think they're sponsored by GoPro. They've mm-hmm. GoPros everywhere, so yeah. they have loads of extra footage. You can tell the way the film has been put together. You have the standard, when you say standard, Jim Canna, the spectacular-looking right. Jim Canna, that probably... In all honesty, if Ken was still here, people, you know, you would get the EV haters out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it takes on a whole, whole different, you know, you know, the or different dimension. Yeah, different yeah. dimension. Like the guy was, you know, uh, it took the guy to be a long time to be liked in the rallying community. Yeah, because they were like, well, he's just, you know, uh, out there to. They didn't. He's get, just out to hoon a car. They didn't get what he was doing mm-hmm. and the profile he was raising, the profile he was building. Whereas I think now. Unfortunately, in hindsight, how much he's been doing, he's done for Audi and EVs and all that stuff. So, so you look at it differently. And yes, there's a lot more behind the scenes and a lot more of Ken. You okay. know, it's definitely a tribute to that rather than just pure Jim Cana. But it's also the pure typical Jim Cana. Jim Cana that took over Mexico City. Okay, you know, no, that's so cool. It, yeah, yeah. So it is, and like Mexico City Airport and all. You know, it's just, and um, it's madness. You know. It's cool. Ken Block doing what Ken Block did. Yeah. Like yeah. Nobody else can. Yeah. And and that's the thing too. I think uh, he had done it before in Vegas mm-hmm. with, the, with the Hoonatron. I love the Vegas one. Which uh, which was great. And as I say, it might it could have been if things were differently. Probably some people think more of the same because Travis Pastrana did that other video where he jumped out the... the uh, was it, he jumped out the roof of a hotel mm-hmm. and parachuted down. Wrecked himself. Yeah. You know, all that stuff's... Amazing. So yeah, it, it does take on a different uh, quality. Look, very, very sad that the guy's no longer um, with us, but it's it's well worth a watch. It's it's actually great this time of year. You wonder what we've got to talk about. But, but some of these wee things appear out, like the Cybertruck, yeah. like the uh, Electricana, Hunatron. Huna, cu- curiosities. Uh, and other curiosities. Mm-hmm. The big one is that... Uh, at the moment, Top Gear is on the shelf. It effectively means there's going to be no more Top Gear TV show. Yeah. And um, I saw Chris Harris talking about it on, on TV mm. there because he's a book out. I haven't read it yet, and I'm, I'm going to read it, but I've asked Santa for it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's called, uh, isn't it something like Variable Valve Timings is the is the title of it. Great title. So I'm looking forward to reading Forward that. by Porter, no? Uh, no, I think Clarkson did the forward. Oh. No, sorry. I'm talking nonsense. Clarkson did a forward for our... One of those guys that uh, uh, forward for one of Porter's yeah. books, actually. But uh, good point. I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't read it yet. I say mm-hmm. I've asked Santa for it, so I'm, I'm looking forward to to having a, a read. But yeah, um, the uh, Paddy and Co. Top Gear is is no more, um, which is pretty sad. It's pretty sad the way it happened. It is. 
it, it really, you know, Top Gear has been for all of us an institution. Yeah, you know, something we've grown up with. We've seen it from, you know, the Quentin Wilson days. You know, when it was kind of, you know, boring. Much more stuff kind of. Yeah, you know. just very, you know, driving. Uh, you know, people, people. Uh, regular about, reviews. Like, regular reviews with nothing. How many suitcases can you fit yeah. in a boot type uh, exercise? Yeah, you know, and, and you saw it going from that there to Tiff, mm-hmm. who was bringing in the first of a bit of carry on, mm-hmm. to then go to the, the Tiff and VBH and all mm-hmm. the rest, oh. unreal. Into <laughs> uh, Jeremy Clarkson and Co, which is the one that we all kind of like really to get you know our teeth sunk into. Mm-hmm. I really. As soon as Chris Harris came on it, I loved Chris Harris on it. Um, mm-hmm. I had been watching him on YouTube for, for years at that stage. The guy got a lot of flack because they thought he was boring, he was whatever else, but I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was a perfect fit to it. I really liked the mix then of uh, Joey Tribbiani. I did like him on mm-hmm. it. Not, a I lot thought- of people didn't, but... Again, I thought he brought a different dynamic to it. Chris Evans was quite forgettable. You know, he oh no, Chris Evans was awful. Yeah, Chris he, Evans. Chris Evans nearly killed it. The best thing Chris Evans did was walk away. Yeah, he for, was for such a car guy. It was actually surprising. Like, because he, he had a, he has a great collection of stuff. He's, and he's massively in the car. Car not, and he still is. Like, I listen to Chris Evans every morning. You know, that's the breakfast radio I listen to. Yeah, he does this car fest thing every year. That's right. But yeah, he he just didn't click with Top Gear. Um, no, he was he was he was awful, I and mean, he made the right decision. He probably saw. He, I don't know how he thought he as he was going through the program, how committed he was. You know, he's thinking, mm-hmm. right? You know, how far do I have to go here? But I, this yeah. is, this isn't working out. But he nearly killed it. He, he, he definitely did. Well, the problem too is he was following directly in the footsteps of the free game before. Oh, of course. So there's direct comparisons there, and I don't think he was ever going to hit those heights. No, he he, he never no. was. And then I have to say, I I really did enjoy the Paddy McGuinness. Freddie Flintoff and, and Chris Harris. They, I thought they were gelling really well. I thought things were going really, really well, really well with them. And and the show wasn't just being churning out the same as what Top Gear had been and and and, uh, and really trying to copy and emulate what Clarkson Ham and May were doing. I, I thought they were having their own dynamic and things were working. Yes, Freddie was still the, the kind of gung ho, you know, I I give everything a go here. Yeah. But he was brilliant at what he done. Some of the stuff that Freddie did uh, was mad. Like <laughs> like the uh, what was the one he was in the, in the metro off off the That's edge, right. of hanging a, off the edge of um, a dam, mm-hmm. wasn't it? You know, so stuff like that's just just mad. Yeah. So, or the um, it was the uh, um, it was the motorcycle tribute that Paddy did was excellent That's as right. well. Uh, so so stuff the like that. Evil thing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was brilliant. So uh, there was th- things like that in in recent Top Gear. They did a they did a real good job. Again, it's one of those things. Now that it's not there, in hindsight, I you know you probably get people who the detractors maybe turn around and go, "Well, do you know what? Actually, it wasn't too bad." You know, mm-hmm. and they gurned about it mm-hmm. the, at the time or whatever else. But uh, what it does mean because the grand tour is ending as well. Although it's sort of it has ra- it ran out of steam a while ago. Yeah, it did. Uh, although I think I haven't watched the most recent stuff, but some people saying it had picked up. Are they doing? Well, that, a, is, am I right in saying are the, is a Grand Tour Christmas special? Or is this one of the final ones that they're doing? Is that well, due to come up? I think there's one more series okay. or one more show to, to come. But what that means is there'll be no longer any sort of uh, big TV presence car show, apart from Wheeler Dealers, which isn't really the same. But I, I think things were going that way anyway. To be honest, Andy, because like look what we're doing now. We're in a podcast, you know. I listen to radio in the morning, but apart from that there, I don't listen to radio during the rest of the day. Like, it, it's, it's Spotify or it's a podcast or it's an audiobook. Mm-hmm. I think with our kind of um, insatiable 
desire to have what we want there and then, having to wait once a week for a TV show to come out, they are things of the past. And, and when you look at your YouTube as a prime example, you know, I've got Matt Armstrong. I want to see what he's mm-hmm. trying to fit, try, trying to see what he's, you know, fixing or building or wrecking. Um, I watch Car Wow because I just love seeing the drag races. And mm-hmm. again, I'm, I'm not particularly interested in, in the car views. It's just to see what Matt Watson's doing. Um, I've subscribed recently to that other maniac uh, drives around the ring, Misha. Oh, yeah. Everybody else gets it. So I think that's kind of the way for for viewers now and for people obviously younger than us who want to have instant access to whatever you want the 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 days of the tv programs like top gear and and the grand tour and that there i i think they were numbered anyway i i totally agree for us you know i think there's lots of reasons why top gear isn't going ahead and uh a few of them are to do obviously the, the the magic chemistry of the original three presenters hasn't quite been replicated plus um it's just a change in culture nowadays, that kind of laddish behaviour maybe isn't selling as well with the current audiences. Mm-hmm. audiences. But then, as you say, you also now live in an age where things are very different to 20 years ago, where it was quite a novelty turning on a Sunday night and watching a Ferrari hunting around or something out there. People want instant consumption now, and you can go to YouTube at any time, and you'll find as many car videos on as many topics as you want, and you can search by keyword and narrow it down to your own particular you know, favourites or whatever. But it's not even just that, that the quality on YouTube is fantastic. Oh, and a lot of these guys are free of the kind of uh, regulations and the production crews and they're doing things themselves and they're making a good income from it and they're able to reinvest that money back into the audio and the video. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff I see on there, like it, it's it's impressed me more than what I've seen in Top Gear over the years, to be honest. So, so I just think Top Gear's kind of run its course. I don't know if it'll ever be back. I think if it did come back... It would have to be in some kind of online format, not the Sunday night in BBC. I think that, you know, they probably missed a beat there. They probably could have really pushed their YouTube or online media channels more. Well, I was going to say there, the Top Gear magazine's YouTube ta- channel is very, very good. Yeah. You know, and they really have stepped up their game. I think Jethro Bovin's actually yeah. uh, driving for them at, yes, at, the, yeah. at the moment. So, but, that, but that was always seen as kind of a, a side thing to the main show, whereas yeah. they probably should have tried to turn it around the other way. Did the Rory Reid, did he... Remember Roy Reid then after he left the Top Gear? Is that mm-hmm. is that kind of the avenue he went? Did he he done everything? He, he's went to the Auto Trader, and so he's doing he's fronting their YouTube channel. Okay, and and actually, what Rory says, and you can take as much out of this as as you can, Wolf, and is when uh, from what I've read in interviews is him going to Auto Trader, he's allowed a lot more creative input. Yeah, rather than being part of the Top Gear machine, mm-hmm. and he says that's why he said you know when you get. YouTubers would struggle to go into TV because they're part of a rigid format rather than then them coming up with all the ideas yeah. all of the time. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's not just Top Gear um, controls, it's BBC controls it's not, over the production. And, mm-hmm. and even different things as well. Like, you know, again, did any of you see the, the accidental collaboration? But, you know, maybe it was, but Nico... From here, Nico Vander mm-hmm. Horst mm-hmm. and Matt Armstrong, where they were driving and they met up with each other, and then they were both hooning across. But well, this was a European road yeah, trip thing in European a Ferrari or something, yeah. and, and where it, so both of them were donuts were, and police, yeah, <laughs> and, and not feeding the police here. But but that's kind of I I really do think these kind of YouTube collaborations between people in different fields sometimes and whatever else you know it. it, it this is kind of what we want to see because again, that opened up then you know people who are watching you know the the Matt channel and whatever else then seeing Nico in this class Ferrari who end up fucking it 
and but got it fixed and everything worked out okay in the end and it turned out it was a battery mm-hmm. um but again it, it's how they stretched it then from one 20 minute episode into four 20 minute episodes which is obviously great for their revenue for their for their viewers for everything else and that that kind of feeds the way that mm-hmm. that because that put me from watching again matt rebuilding whatever else into then going on watching some of nico's videos and i know he's a guy who gets a lot of flack but you know something he can be what he wants mm-hmm. he's still driving a half million pound ferrari around modified hooning it around the place went stayed in monaco done whatever else fair play to the guy so i think the the thing that i think we're missing is that um what used to be called the water cooler moment you know so a big top gear trip around um, someone f- far flung, or even mm-hmm. even the you know to the south of France or something like that, yeah. and a lot of people are watching it, and then we're all talking about it. Whereas you're talking about Nico, and I'm talking about uh, Chris Harris and Gary, mm-hmm. you're talking about uh, someone else, and you know, okay, it's fine because you're you're hearing bits and pieces of different things, but you don't have that shared experience like watching a big series on Netflix or something like that. Yeah, that's very true. You know, so and there and actually, there's nothing like that really now. So that's actually, in my mind, that's a well, gap at the very top of the. That probably market. is the downside of you know looking towards the social media kind of way of doing motoring videos is that people will have their own playlists, their own favorites, mm-hmm. and they will differ from person to person quite a lot. Whereas, as you say, Top Gear was this kind of anchor on a Sunday night well, that everyone tuned in and watched. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Have you seen? Um, then you guys have Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the way you can invite somebody to watch with you? Have you seen that? Well, I've seen that in many services. I've never yeah. actually used it there. Yet, so I was like, flipping get your own." Yeah, <laughs> even though the habit, but obviously, even I know, though, yeah, I, I realise how it yeah. works. You're not card sharing, are <laughs> But that's well, kind that of sounds like some kind of Tinder type. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could be what you know. Everyone watches you together, Ross. What, what, what type of service is this you're talking about? It would be a, a very poorly subscribed one. <laughs> exactly. I can promise you that. No fans. <laughs> Dumby, my house, seven pm. <laughs> be there, be square. But yeah, that, that's the sort of thing. It's, it's you know, did you see this and the other, and click to you know watch this with me, watch the 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 Ken Block Hoonigan with me at the same time. You yes, know, mm-hmm. I like a watch party type, yeah. yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, but I don't know. I'd say we're just missing that magic. Yeah, that top level. Anyway, uh, so no more Top Gear. Chris Harris has a book out. Ken Block, Electricana, um, on to more uh, mundane things. Good old RMS and the RMS forum, the font of all knowledge. <laughs> the fun I have had this week making Lego pictures of things. So mm. there is uh, the AI Lego thread on RMS, which is full of members' cars realised in Lego, thanks to the Bing AI everyone's yeah, using yeah. To, to, I, to build these things. I can't quite understand. Like, I... I I've been looking at AI images for a while and really impressed by what it can do in all different formats and categories. But Lego seems to have just really grabbed everyone's imagination this week for some reason. Oh, well, and it, like it's it's the time of year, yeah. and uh, my daughter's daughter's playing with Duplo, and you know, and I, I remember loving Lego as mm. as yep. a kid and Lego Technics and all that stuff. And I, ha- I remember building a, a digger or something mm-hmm. like that there in Lego Technics, but just. Just love everyone loves Lego. Everyone loves and like mm. Minecraft and all that sort of stuff. You know, we, we love all that blocky stuff. And I think it, it appeals to my inner inner kid. 
I mean, because I have a wee one as well, I'm more predisposed to like Christmas time, I and mean, I'm yeah. f- I'm definitely getting a lot more into it than I, than I used to be. I'm less yeah. Grinch worthy <laughs> than I uh, than I was, and uh, there's definitely something about uh, seeing my C sixty three estate made from Lego just give me that warm and mm-hmm. fuzzy feeling and makes me want to go down to Smith's and buy a GT3 <laughs> you know just like everyone else in RMS like, does like everybody else in RMS <laughs> not jealous but or nothing there, 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 again it's just one of those things where everybody's jumping on it now because it's kind of when you take the two sides of it you know yes Lego's cool and yes it's making your car look you know you know again it's why we post Instagram it's why we do this and that everybody loves photographs of their own car or the things that they love this Lego thing as you said but it's just the 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 intricacies of it, the fact that you can type in a command into a search engine and it produces sometimes hilarious things, but you know, what what do you want back? Mm-hmm. And you can tweak it, you can do different things. It, it it's it, it's hilarious. It, it is funny, but it's amazing and it's frightening at the same time. I think it's a bit of a kind of uh, sense of anticipation when you're waiting the 10 seconds to see what it comes up yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> is it going to be something really magic? Modem days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just, you're just waiting there and it's, it's like, oh, I didn't expect it to do that. Yeah. Did you see the, uh, there was a, a brilliant one of uh, someone had done like a, a Bora outside the elk, <laughs> but the elk was this big black Medusa-headed thing. Yeah. It wasn't oh. like the elk bar, because obviously... Bing AI does not know when we talk about the elk and doesn't Middleton. distinguish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but so stuff like that is uh, it is, is mental. But but just just a lot of fun. Um, but at the same time, if you're an artist, if you're a graphic artist that you know could do produce something like that after days and days of work, mm-hmm. and now uh, ten seconds, Bing can produce well, it in ten seconds. Consider like this is their jobs. This yeah. is their things. In the blink of an eye, and it's not, it's not, it's not there yet. And that, I think that's what people need to realise that this is, this is, this is the beta stage. Really, this mm-hmm. is all of us nerds getting to do loads and loads of things. It's learning what we're doing right, and sorry, it is learning what it is doing right and doing wrong. Whether mm-hmm. we lag it or whether we're asking for more things, I think this first iteration of it, which is already really, really impressive, I think what way is good. Uh, am I right in saying any of you guys in the Photoshop? I think Photoshop now has an AI kind of where you used to have to la- lasso to- tools and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Now you don't even have to be that particularly adept on 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 Photoshop anymore, no. and you can basically tell it what you want it to do. So well, sure, even you take a, a message on your iPhone, you can just you can just hold your thumb on a person and copy it out, and it just you paste it in. You know, it takes all the background out and stuff yeah. like that. They've you know. Yeah. Some of this stuff, like, it's it's scary too because it's so photorealistic already. And you imagine in fifty years what it's going to be like, well, and that will be the thing. How will you tell the real thing from something that's generated? Yeah, uh, totally. If you're yeah. ta- if you're talking to someone on the phone, yep. you know, uh, it used to be a thing of a Mission Impossible type thing, but now you know, yep. an AI generated voice is mm-hmm. going to, you know, imagine an AI generated version of my Glenn Gormley twang. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? This will be an AI podcast. We'll not be here. Take a few. Flipping NVIDIA cards to uh, yeah. replicate my voice. And on more mundane terms, AI is what uh, they're using to train uh, cars for autonomous driving, mm-hmm. which will mm-hmm. be, rather than a rule-based system, right, you come up to a traffic light, stop. If it goes green, you go, stay between the white lines, look out for the vehicles and all the rest, which seems to be fine up to a point and near it, but anyone who's used like adaptive crews and all the rest, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can work great in a very straightforward motorway situation and falls to pieces on a back yeah. road. That's where AI 
I can understand language and I can understand images the way we understand it in a a general way then that will be a game changer hating to use that phrase but for for autonomous driving Mm. not a great thing uh, well a good thing for the commuting and stuff like that but it does mean that less people less people I think are taking interest in cars but it will it will hurt that as well because people will just be well I don't need a steering wheel yeah, just get into a seat and take me to wherever I'm going. And I can sit on my phone and kind of bring AI and draw Lego pictures. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> of cars that we used to drive. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the other, the other thing to if you're if you're a big Musk fan is to look at Neuralink. You know that, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, look at the video of them uh, with the um, the chimp or whatever playing pong mm-hmm. without a joystick using his uh, brainwaves. You know stuff like that there. Just it'll f- be on X next tweeting. Just to fry your mind. I know, I will be. Uh, <laughs> All that for 100, 280 characters now, isn't that what we get? Yeah. That's the sign of progress. <clears throat> but um, anyway, do you know what I love? Do you know what I was thinking when it was coming down to this? It was down in the Merc. What I love about the Merc, and this is, this is properly old refueling school. Refueling it. No. Don't Every lo- other day. Don't love refueling it. Um, but is a, a nice analog clock, and what really and uh, I'm such a weirdo or a child. But anyway, see, so the, the Merck analog clock reads up to 200 miles an hour, which first of all is is immediate top Trump's winner. Mm-hmm. How you know it only shows 140, 160 your car must be slow. <laughs> speedo reads up to 200. Yeah, but the first half of the speedo reads up to 60. In 10 mile an hour increments, and the second half of the speedo reads to 200 in 20 mile an hour increments. So, when uh, no, right, so when right, so it's so when you hit 60 miles an hour, the speed the needle moves, you know, it reads double in the same distance at a different synchronicity. Is that not very confusing? It's it's weird. So then it flicks away up, and then and then it, it really slows down. But I really like it, I really like the thought that someone has went to. The detail someone's went, well, do you know what? You need to know if you're doing 15 or 20. But see, to be honest, in one of these, 120, 160 is not that far away. So we see, don't care well, that Have you much. never been driving like you're doing like 60, crossing the 61, 62? Then you look down and you go, fuck, someone's rear-ended me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now at 90. <laughs> no. <laughs> see, I, I would have honestly put you as being the complete opposite. I thought that would have like triggered your OCD or something. The fact that every increment isn't the same. Yeah, oh, no, no. I, I actually look because it, it just is, the implementation is so perfect and it's a lovely clear clock it is a red gauge a black background and white illuminated yeah. numerics that's just it's just perfect we'll never see stuff like that anymore no. i know my next car will just be a, a screen will be a screen but well, you know it's funny um my father-in-law he had a couple of Aston martins and i love the way that the needles in them went the other way i have never dri- i haven't driven well, an Aston yeah, martin i've seen it and, yeah. and, and no. i don't and, and i don't know how i would like what other cars have, have mad clocks uh, tv trevors have those trevors yeah. definitely have yeah. something weird on them and trevor clocks don't actually have very much on it's almost like a stainless background with a stainless there's uh, no real gauge. surround aren't they kind of basic but really yeah. eye-catching at the same yeah. time yeah uh, they don't go over the top but do you remember the whole thing it used to be um when you were buying cars and auctions out there you knew it was an ex-police car because it had a calibrated clock. Do you remember that there? Do you remember the so I've, I've had a couple of cars with a calibrated yep. clock. So yes, yes, you have the sticker, but the, they also have the mile an hour increments yep. on, on the clock as well. But the pair yeah. was the clock, so they give it away. It was a hose in the dash for the shotgun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, 
remember like in the early 90s too when the big thing oh, sorry not the early 90s early zero zeros the, the big thing was to buy new speedos and they were yeah. always luminous green or they would light up oh, or something which, like which I was guilty of Lockwood. putting, in, putting <laughs> so into the so many Civic. were purchased yeah yeah, I think completely in the fit too. Yeah, like a white background with like it was like blue, luminous yeah. blue. I think you could probably yeah. you had a wee controller. You could change the color and all of it. Really, really. Do you remember then, like uh, all the like I would have called them, like the airfix nerds, the boys, and and they would not just put the clocks in, mm-hmm. but with model paint, painted the needles in all different colors. Uh-huh. So the yeah, it was. Yeah, well, you can only not pop pop the needle off and and paint it with the same stuff you tinted um, uh, tinted rear lights with, you know, like that red. I think I remember <laughs> the doing that once. Sometimes you're winding the mileage back. Same <laughs> <laughs> time for selling. But you know, again, like we're talking about things like this here, but those are times that we're never going to see again. You know, I can remember, I can remember when I had just finished school and I went to do a year in tech because I carried on too much in school, and never imagined. <laughs> but. Didn't do much better in tech. What I ended up doing was spending uh, every couple of days. You've been out at the scrapyard taking bits out of cars. and mm-hmm. I was buying bits out of broken cars to sell them on. And, you know, had a, a wee side hustle. But I was driving a Mark IV Astra. And I think I, I, we've definitely put photographs up of that Mark IV Astra before. I remember. It was yeah. the disaster. That was the name for it. But I can remember buying uh, a set of white SRI clocks. Mm-hmm. fitting them because again if you had white dials you knew it was something a wee bit, a wee bit mm-hmm. you know, fancier, a wee bit sporty or whatever else. But again, you know, everything now, BMWs have been doing it for the last four or five years. It's just full-on TFT digital screens. Mm-hmm. And at the time when when they were progressing into that there, it was the whole thing. But look at these beautiful yeah. TFT screens and how smooth and how everything it is. But now that we have it, and again, we bit like Top Gear, when, when now that's gone, you're missing it. Now that analog clocks really are gone, because yeah. everything is... You know, everything is your interface, your controller, everything, everything's on an LCD, your navigation, and your radio, everything. I'll tell you this: if you're growing up in the '80s and you're fun a night rider, there was nothing cooler than getting oh. into an Astro GT oh. and yes. seeing the digital clocks. There's yep. no other car that I can think of had them then. Or well, if they were, they were probably quite rare. Yeah. But well, the Carlton GSI had them. But I tell you mm-hmm. what, did have them. So um, and uh, I know this from speaking to Connor from Reload. Is it the Digifant Dash from a yes. Mark II Golf? Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I actually think the um, uh, your Quattro had a it had oh, a, okay. you get it with a digi dash as well. So there was yeah. a few really oddball cars, and, and I now was there some obscure Renaults? Was it like a Renault Twenty One uh, special Osprey, edition? Yeah, uh, it rings a bell. You, you yeah. could get you could get a few oddball ones. I think there's a few oddball mm-hmm. US cars. Some of the implementations were good, were rubbish. The, the, I quite liked the Vauxhall implementation. Although if you ever, I remember we went through a series of GSI cartons, and most of them, you know, had mm-hmm. large parts of the the, sp- the Dizzy Dash doesn't work. Yeah. You know, no, the rev counter just had a, had a had <laughs> just had a gap. You know. But they kind of they, they did that, and then you expected them maybe to evolve into the nineties and beyond, and then they didn't. There was very little in the nineties in terms of digital dash conversions or things. It was all no. analog dials. It's only now they've really come full circle. But now you're obviously getting high res screens and yeah. HD quality. Yes, yeah, literally is like TVs in your car now, and, and you probably yeah. see the Instagram feeds up all the time. You know, this is how to get Netflix in your car. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, putting in something. It, it, it's crazy, really. So I'm I'm in a weird place. Like I know I'm gonna. Sell the C63 probably in 2024. Don't know exactly when. It's probably have to go to, go for an EV, and so yes, I can look at it. Cyber truck. It's it's. I know it's. I know if, except for you probably get like a grey import. I, yeah. God knows how much. Literally a grey import or like, silver import. Silver. <laughs> <laughs> I, stainless I import. Stainless import. But uh, it's it's a weird position to be in because I'm like it's a nice position to be in because mm. uh, yes, you're right. It's bankrupting because it, it's fairly hard to run. 
But nearly that's alright, because I'm like, well, I might only have to put another 10 tanks of fuel into this car before wow, I sell that's, it. That's, you know, that's an interesting way to think about things. And then, and then, so I am, I, and now I'm like picking a wee things at it. And it's like, yeah, I, re- I really like, I really, really like, like the mm-hmm. clocks. Yeah. Or the V8 or limited proper mechanical diff. Yeah. Except when it does, it's a wee bit of a one wheeler sometimes. And then it hooks up and we And go. then it hooks up and. <laughs> But, but uh, you, you, you probably will miss it a lot. I would say just uh, just for the V at the one. Yeah, but and and like the way it's used as well. Like I'm mm. I'm driving the family about and stuff. So a lot of the time, because it's it's big displacement and a couple of turbos, it can cruise about under fifteen hundred RPM mm-hmm. to yeah. like seventy mile an hour. You don't need to. It, it just dribbles along. Yeah, but. But and then it's it, then I made myself think I'm, I'm one of those people who I have one of these and don't drive it, but. Sometimes part of the thought of having something is the thought of what it can do as well. Um, yeah. the mm-hmm. Generally sort of taking it in, you know. It, it, it's, swir- it's having I'm, it there. I'm swirling the C63 wine around the glass and giving it a sniff rather than throwing the bottle into me most of the time that maybe that I used to be, you know. Well, I went out the other morning and I'd forgotten totally that my car wasn't at home. It wasn't work mm-hmm. uh, for various reasons. So uh, I had to take my Sunday school and I took the 84. And it's kind of twisty B roads, free carried off and drum bow and all there. And I think we did it in half the time, you know, because when you're driving the M4, obviously there's a lot more power and all there, but the suspension is so much stiffer mm-hmm. and the roads are so much bumper. And I was just making kind of effortless pace in this thing. And I got out of it on the way back and I went like, do I really need the M4? I love driving it. I mm-hmm. wouldn't miss it, but I can carry much more pace in the car like this. Now, I'm not saying I'll go for an 84, but maybe an SQ5 or something yep. out there. Would it be actually more practical? I know it wouldn't get the same buzz, mm-hmm. but it makes you think a little bit about it. Big Pete always said the same thing, and, and he still has a variety of nice cars, and his Porsche is perfectly set up for back road B driving. And he said that when he had the Tesla, the Porsche wouldn't see what way it went. Mm-hmm. You know, and he said for that point to point, and he says back road, and he says, yeah, it's soulless, it can be whatever you want, he says, but it was fucking fast. And he said, and I don't care what you were driving down the back roads, very little would have sat with him in the in the Tesla. Yeah. So I, I met someone last week for a bite of lunch and the place we were eating at was uh, off uh, a back road. And uh, he, was, he was telling me he had a Citroen C4 for years. And I said, you still have your Citroen C4s you had like for 16 years. He's like, no, I changed the car. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, model, a Tesla Model 3 performance. I was like, what? Like, what, what a change. So he says, have you driven around? I was like, I have. Uh, I, I think they're brilliant. I said, that's a fantastic choice. What colour did you go for and all the rest? And it was just, it was great. So so we t- took it out for a run and I went, it's been a year since I've driven one. But I had driven to the place in the C63. So I was getting the C63 back to back. The roads were greasy and shit. Mm-hmm. And in the Tesla, you're just in and no wheel spin, you know. And no it's, drama. It's just, deploying yeah. all of its 450 horse. And then I get into the C63 <laughs> and it's cold and it's taking a while to warm up. And then it just wants to spin the wheels and traction control, and you're going nowhere. The Tesla would have been gone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, and yes, the steering in in the uh, C63 far nicer front end, and you can actually have a bit of feel compared to the the dumb feeling and the very fast rack of the Tesla. But even still, the Tesla just totally oh. outperforms it. Yeah, on the on the road and those and those sorts of conditions, it's just gone. You know, so and and it felt like a much safer place to be. Yeah, in those sort of conditions as yeah. well. And they kind of don't want to admit it, 
you know, but it uh, does perform better. But then there's also the, the pros and cons. You miss the noise of the C63, the V8. Oh, you know, totally. And there's, a, there's a certain feel to it that you're not going to get in the Tesla. So that's, and exactly, so that's what it's like, well, right. that's probably what I'm going to end up in. So, like, remember all the bits that I like. You <laughs> yeah, know, there was a reason that we, uh, you know, had internal combustion cars for so long. It's easy for us to kind of, you know, we... we make judgment calls based on you've driven it for half an hour in a back road or a comparison but if you actually were driving it a couple of days away on holiday or something out there would you enjoy the Tesla as much like say you took something over the, the Nürburgring for example that kind of cross continental drive you'd probably have more crack in the C63 than oh, you would the Tesla with, without a doubt yeah. like the um, the Tesla or any sort of EV quickly becomes a daily appliance yeah really but that's nearly what the C63 and I'm just very lucky that I'm, I'm able to use it as an appliance it's like right no take it in this is something nice you have here you're not going to have it forever Yeah, take in what you um, have also I highly recommend buying one C63. I actually highly recommend buying both <laughs> <laughs> they're both great if I, if I could keep everything I would keep everything I can't not keep everybody's it. got the same money as you do through RMS sponsorship Andy oh, yep. here, we, here we go Ross if you would stop you would stop throwing <laughs> at me in, in pallets for <laughs> sake Anyway, that's why he doesn't have any uh, Black Fridays, not right? Yeah, that's why I chose not as a small Dear business. customers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gary, anything else uh, on um, your mind? Well, I was chatting about the back roads there, and, and our uh, kind of spin-off of that there is the shape of the roads. Like, is it just me, or are they really the worst I've seen in a long time? Awful. And I know this time of year, the weather's horrible and you have a lot of rain and potholes start to appear and people complain about it every single year in RMS, but it just seems like they're worse than I've seen in decades. Grim. Yeah, everywhere I go. Like roads that used to be quite good now, I'm seeing major potholes in them and no no sign of any repairs coming. Ross has just shown us an yep, absolutely disgusting uh, pothole. A pothole beside a manhole cover. A pothole mm. beside a manhole like cover. That, that's just a wheel a wheel wrecker. It oh, 100%. is. Uh, and, yeah. and that's what I've done this week. Uh, this pothole is 30 inches long by 15 inches wide, by 5 inches deep. Ross mm. always has his measuring tape with him. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, that's that's horrendous. It was disgusting. There was one recently on Hill Hall Road, uh, right on the main section of the road, and it's, it was very deep, and it was there for, I'd say, a good two and a half, three weeks. There's that, that road, if you know it, it gets a high volume of traffic. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised nobody even came and filled it with something, just they tied them over until they could get proper tarmac in it. But this doesn't seem to be getting addressed, and I know that's probably down to the way the the, the government situation here. Yeah, I like I don't know what DR if DRD's budgets are in in the toilet or, uh, yeah. you know, I think there was some statistics were out last year that DRD spent more in pothole claims mm-hmm. than it would have cost them in pothole repairs, and that photograph I just uh, I showed you there now. So the reason I had the tape measure that was because I did ding a wheel in it, mm-hmm. and DRD say go back and measure the hole and blah blah blah. Yeah. And when I went back two and a half hours later, the police were there because uh, there was a young girl and our driver had slowed down to stop because the pothole was there. At that stage, somebody had put a cone or something on it, and a van driver ran into the back of her because she was stopped to let it go. So, so it all stems from that. So it all stems literally from yeah. from. DRD, and that was only one along that section road between Ballinhinch and Downpatrick, uh, a four-mile section road, and there was at least five or six of those there, big, ridiculously big, you know, and, and that's that's a bad road as well, because again, much like Hill Hall, it, 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 there's a high volume of traffic. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm just reading here, actually, I so 
so online people saying, well, you know, injury claims as well. So not only, yeah. uh, so the effect of, they don't repair the potholes and there's mm-hmm. more accidents, there's more injury claims. The whole thing spirals out of control, mm-hmm. you know, so. And it's not even just the bad potholes themselves. Some of the roads, just the, the surface is terrible. Like a quality of it. Shocking. You know, well, you, ruts in it and things like that there. Think of that weather we've had recently and yeah. uh, Phil D was telling us about the bad accident there recently. That's right, on Crawfordsburn correction, Crawf- or Bangor correction. Yeah, near Crawfordsburn, wherever it was, someone hit the standing water and... Young you know, driver. Hit the car in the roof or something, yeah. didn't they? I mean, it wasn't going fast, I think, he said, either. It was just, you know, unfortunate. No, the, the, the roads are in a desperate state and <clears throat> I don't know if any of you guys have ever uh, road cycled. Uh, I, I took a notion of it a couple of years ago and haven't been on it since, or not since, mm-hmm. I haven't been out in the bike really much this year at all. But if you want to see how bad the roads are, jump on a bicycle and do a couple of miles along any road you wish. Yeah, it, It's ridiculous, just the, the, the levels of unevenness and bumps and holes and everything. And that's what we're paying. What's your road tax in the Merc? About five hundred, five fifty, something yeah. like that. There, yeah, I'm sure you're similar in the in the M4. Yep. Yeah, I'm paying between the three cars or the two cars in the van. I'm paying fourteen hundred pound a year, fifteen hundred no, pound a year. I think Merck's the three eighty five. The Lotus is, the, uh, is a big tax, but yeah. or, so I think it's three eighty five. But, but that's what we're paying reason. a year. So between the three of us, where's going? There's not going on there's the road 15, There's two thousand pound a year mm. on road tax. Yep. And where in the name of God is it going? Yep. Never mind the tax we're paying fuel and, mm-hmm. and all the rest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a happy... Uh, that's, that's, that's a happy wee bit. Lovely. So just uh, grumble about our... Uh, but they are shit, so what else can yep. we say? Flipping DRD, get, get your well, shit together. Politicians, get back into Stormont. Oh, fuck. Get their two and a half billion pound there to retar our yep. roads. But use it. But put a claim in. That, you know, that's anybody who has done it, DRD's claim process is really, really simple. You take a photograph yep. of the pothole, you take a photograph of the damage to your car, you put in a couple of estimations mm-hmm. for either repair or replacement, um, and the beauty about my uh, wee van with the OZ wheels can't get them from anybody other than MSRT price of an 18 inch wheel I didn't think it was too bad it was like £280 plus fat for one 18 inch wheel mm-hmm. but then the cost of a tire on top of it so so for me going through that pothole there it's going to be probably a claim about 500 quid in for that's mad isn't it? and what would it really cost to send out a couple of guys with some asphalt and a bucket mm-hmm. to fill it up. And you're likely not the only guy who claimed for that pothole. And oh, that, that's a good point. That yeah. pothole, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure s- somewhere in a spreadsheet, there will be that pothole has mm-hmm. cost the early 8, 15, 25 crashes, or you know, where yeah. bits of damage, you know, uh, uh, like the photo you show me, it is a pretty major looking one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so f- at, at least £500 for me compared to the cost of just going on and fixing that one hole yeah. in the road. Yeah, mad. Does not compute. Nope. No. Gary, I get the feeling that's not the only thing that you've... No, you're, I'm, I'm you're in a kind of ranting mood tonight, so per EV network is my next one. Oh. And did you I'm, get, not, I'm not even an EV driver. Did you get caught short with your uh, with your ID4? Almost. We were up northwest in the ID4 at the weekend. Um, the last time we were up there, uh, we were looking for fast chargers around the Derry slash London area region. And there were four uh, chargers, fast ones, mm-hmm. 150 or 200 kilowatt or whatever, right beside each other in the water side. Three of them out of order, out of the four. <laughs> this was the last time, but we managed to get plugged into one of them. Uh, had a queue for a while, not there, but got it going eventually. Went up this weekend and went back to them, thinking they're going to be fixed by now. Now mm-hmm. all four are out. Oh. And uh, there were a couple other chargers in town, but they were all kind of basic, you know, s- slowish ones. So six hours to full charge. So mm-hmm. got sorted in the end, but um, really, really bad up around that region. And I compared that day kind of when we went down south during the summer there, went to Connemara and stuff, and we had no problem in the south at all. So. Mm-hmm. 
again, it seems to be somewhere where it's lacking development in NI. Now, is there anything, uh, as someone who doesn't have an EV of any sort of description, is there, like, obviously you'd have uh, on the inbuilt maps not there, I'm assuming they have all the different charging points. Mm-hmm. Is there any yeah. kind of real-time updating as to those? Well, Google Maps does it, and then there's okay. various different apps you can download. There's ESB, and there's uh, ZapMap, and a couple of different ones. ZapMap so, will uh, generally tell you if the yeah. charger's bust or not, because they let people comment as well. As well. Oh, so okay. so yeah. it will say updated by network if it's in use is, yeah. is a good one as well. You know, so you can actually see, right, well... There is a charger there, but someone's yeah, using but it. Someone's so, on it, so yeah. Okay. These ones, unfortunately, were shown as live, but then they weren't when we got there. You know, but um, it just seems you know it's a common thing you hear about it a lot in England, and I, I don't know. Like I'm not an electrician or a spark of any kind. I've no idea why, but they seem to break down quite a lot. These fast chargers. I would guarantee you, because we work in IT, Gary. It's the friggin' IT that's probably bollocks. <laughs> Reboot it, basically. I fix w- it. I would say that. Uh, Someone has put, put us. Oh, I have a new software update for that. Ah, shit! Yeah. I've just, I've just bricked five hundred chargers in the country. Probably something like that. There. That's just thing about the RDA, and I thought you know, if you've ever used one, they're they're quite chunky. They're they're designed to last. Yeah. You, know, you plug and play. There's nothing really. It's a touch screen. There's not a lot of moving parts in it. Mm-hmm. Yet they seem to break down all the time. Petrol pumps will go forever. Yeah, if I, I have no fault, I just can't fathom why they're so uh, unreliable. I guarantee you, it's a flipping software or firmware issue or yeah. something like that. There, that's just the comp- extra complexity. Yeah, don't look to let the IT people near. She just be like <laughs> a big socket and a big switch, a key. You get a, you get a key and a switch. Yeah. But uh, I think you know that that is again, it's still one of the things that is holding back um, some of us dinosaurs from. Moving from making that move to well, that's to EV. a good point, yeah. Because um, you not only have to have your infrastructure, but it has to be reliable. Has to be reliable. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if I'm running on in the red light as I am with the van, I know that I'm going to stop on the way home here. Mm-hmm. I'll stick a tenner in to get me home. Yep. If I'm in an EV, I'm going. Frig, I have to. And if the pump's not working, there's usually another four or five in yeah. the same forecourt that you can. So I have to think where am I going now to park and to put. You know, yeah. what's ten minutes of charge going to do? Is it going to get me back down the road home, or mm-hmm. I'm going to be sitting? So it and like it, it depends on your use profile. So uh, that's uh, we were down south recently with the IPS, mm-hmm. and um, we got charged fine. But it did add a wee bit of time to your journey here and there. You know, we're like, right, okay, that super value has a hundred and fifty kilowatt charger. We'll go there for twenty minutes, half mm-hmm. an hour, which we wouldn't have done. We just you just hopped on the road and went to Applegreen for two minutes. And, so a bit more planning. Yeah. So there's a wee bit of planning. And and it doesn't. Re- and the other thing is your seventy p kil- a kilowatt. So it's not really any ch- much cheaper no. than diesel. Well, I did say as well. There was uh, somebody on RMS was asking, you know, for the cost of uh, an EV fitter. So obviously he has an EV coming, and somebody's like, okay, it's going to cost you thirteen or fourteen hundred pound. Mm-hmm. Somebody else very quickly turned around and said, well, there's seven or eight months worth of diesel. Oh, totally. You know, so so I I think when you do buy into the EV ins- infrastructure. You're, it's not for a year you're, you're doing this year. This is something that, that, that you are looking for it's, it's, the longer term. It's like a puppy, mm-hmm. not just for Christmas. It's not just for Christmas. <laughs> what about the Jag? Are you still loving it? Look, uh, the Jag is one of the most comfortable things for doing. It has that JLR quality for doing a long run. Adaptive cruise on, mm-hmm. 80 mile an hour, whatever it is in KPH. Obviously, I'm on whatever the speed limit is down there. Who knows what it is? <laughs> No, we've no, and no one from yeah. the north has ever been told what the speed limit is in the M1 no. down south. But if we knew what it was, that's what I set the cruise control to. And it was very relaxing and, and like just, it's so quiet, so Effortless. comfortable. 
completely effortless. It was the best thing to do it in, but it just had that we did extra time. Mm. But probably with kids and, and stuff like that, going and taking that five minute rest or that you know ten minute stop isn't the worst thing in the world to do. To get them out. And you can plan around it. Like that's what we had to do. You just you know you sit down for fifteen minutes and then before you leave, kind of work out where you're going to be. Um, even you don't have to plan it for when you're on a low. You could get the twenty five percent charge and then try and work on a lunch somewhere. Which mm-hmm. is what we did. So yeah. went and had lunch for thirty five minutes, came back out, carefully charged, um, didn't feel like you'd wasted any time. Brilliant. The only thing I found was strange down uh was uh, down south. We were uh, south of Dublin, the Wicklow area. Mm-hmm. And uh we were outside a again it was another super value or something and uh there was only one fast charger and there was a, a leaf at it. <laughs> and it was a Wicklow registered leaf, right? And I was thinking, right, that's 70p. Uh, now, in fairness, maybe the guy, it was the only place he could charge. But mm-hmm. it's 70 or 89 cents or something for a kilowatt. Dear. Yeah. And and I said to the guy, I said, oh, um, will you be long? He says, oh, I just want to get it full. And I'm like, but my gut feeling is you live here. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it'd be far cheaper for you to plug it in, in the house. But he could be in an apartment or something. Would, yeah, well, he could. He could be. But then... Uh, I know we can get them on the street now and they can be put in lockable cabinets and stuff, but so, exactly, a lot of right. people probably still wouldn't have one in but an he, apartment. But here's the thing too. So if you had an apartment and an EV was expensive and difficult to run on the public infrastructure, the question would be why? EV doesn't really well, suit that use profile. Look at my own scenario or my, my wife's scenario because it's her car. We have chargers in work, which are free to use. So mm-hmm. when we got it, we knew... We'll put in a charger at home, but that's only there kind of as a backup. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, charging work doesn't cost a penny. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe people in apartments are in that same scenario. Their workplace might provide them. Yeah. So when they buy the car, they know they're going to have that facility during the week. And then you get a full charge on a Friday. does you over the weekend most of the time. Exactly. So I yeah. thought that guy, you know, so like, um, and this is the things you go through your head when yeah. you're waiting for a charger. It's like, that guy probably only two two minutes away and he's hogging this charger. Yep. But and then, and then I'm like. But why would it be paying so much to charge? And then I thought, are Nissan down here giving people <laughs> bloody Nissan giving people free flipping years? He's maybe, probably got a, a free thousand miles of charge. Maybe it's just a wab. Don't tell lions. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the wab, the wab feeling was high, you know, and that's and that's too. So you get into that's the other thing because you're waiting for a charge. You get into a whole conversation with someone's like, "Fuck me, I don't care." <laughs> I've, 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 heard, yeah. I've heard a lot of crown. We're just trying to get up the road. Just yeah, I'm to other like-minded nerds and going, I really, really, really don't want to speak to you. Yeah, yeah, like get, get back in your car now. and leave. <laughs> yes, oh. yes. Sorry. <laughs> Make like a tree and get the, get the hell yeah. out of here. Absolutely wonderful. So, so like those, those are the things that come with it. So if, if you can be tethered, so that the easy way to put it is, well, if your EV can do 200 miles range, really it can do 160. Mm-hmm. You have a tether of 80 miles away from your house is about as far as you can go and then you have to go back to charge unless yep. you want to be at the mercy mm-hmm. of the public charging and it did make me think am I wise are we wise going for a two car EV household well plus a Lotus <laughs> so but so I still think I'm going to do it I've pulled the trigger on uh, solar okay so that is one one big change so l- totally the wrong time of year when it's like dark all the time mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully in the summertime that will Will yield um, should yield benefits. So we've went and got a f- and we were charging off the thirteen amp plug. So we've got a got a Zappy charger now. So okay. we can now fully charge the car overnight, which is yep. a great job. You know, have you looked into um, like battery? Yes. So payback for the battery is the problem. Yes. So it can take a long. You know, it's going to take five years for our system yep. to pay for itself. We get batteries. It immediately turns the payback into 10, 12 years. So okay. I'm, and I'm thinking, well, we we have a bit of homework working. Mm-hmm. So. 
maybe an EV would be sitting at the house during the day, every day, mm-hmm. during the week nearly. Mm-hmm. So sort of could use those and the Zappy smart enough to put excess solar rays into the car type thing. Okay. So that one might... Yeah, so... It's, that's my mat. It's here, it's a man-miles exercise. Yeah, so... It's like not, all this stuff's man-miles yeah. exercise. Like Ben is C63 and Roman <laughs> is a daily man-miles exercise. <laughs> There's always justification. I know. May not make sense to, no. to anyone sensible, but, you know, <clears throat> who knows? Yeah, so EV Network, Gary, up here is a bit of a uh, shit show. Well, maybe not around Belfast as much, but certainly up northwest, I find it quite flaky. And... Having a, a car dealer family up there, I know EVs are not something that they get many inquiries about. So maybe there's just not a huge market for them in the northwest, and then as a result, there's not many chargers. Sorry, as you can hear, know, we, ha- we have we have treats, and I'm, yeah. I'm just having some uh, Christmas themed. We're, ta- we're talking about them. infrastructure, and your stuff in your face. Mm. <laughs> serious talker. It's very, very serious. Well, like, <laughs> we live in the area of Belfast, so we don't have to yeah. use the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know, so and um, and if we didn't, if someone was up visiting, they probably had a totally different uh, picture. Yeah. Hollywood's really good. Have you ever used the chargers in Hollywood? The, oh yeah, the, the petrol station, yeah, the, yeah. the big massive bank limb. That's three hundred. Somewhat like it remind me that some of the Apple Greens as you go down the M1, which mm-hmm. have really good chargers as well. You know, it's it's a good setup there. But I guess that's probably they were thinking ahead for airport people and people come back from holidays and pick up the mm-hmm. cars. So so Maxall and the likes of the Henderson Group and stuff, you do see a bit of that's yeah. private investment. And all I can think is there must be decent kickback off the. Um, I don't know how, how much they can sell. Well, there has to be. You know they have to make. You yeah. know they have to make. That's a commercial reason for them to. Yeah. They're not just doing it for the goodness of their heart to come people to go in and buy a bag of Revels. Mm-hmm. Although, have you seen the price of a bag of Revels <laughs> nowadays? Like you know what I mean. So. So yeah, it was all. That was my rants. Basically, fix the roads and fix the charger network. I like your rants. I'm happy. I like your rants. Changes things a wee bit. Well, my rant, uh, I actually don't have any rants. Uh, Good. Apart from car insurance. So mm. uh, the M3, obviously, was uh, for some silly reason. I've got my insurance coming out in December time. And the renewal came up. I've been with Adrian Flux for the last couple of years with it. Mm-hmm. The reason I went with Flux was because they cover modified cars. You know, they're, they're almost made for modified cars. Um, and they give me a guaranteed payout that should something happen to the car. Grant, price over the last couple of years, everyone knows insurance has gone up a wee bit, but it went up by another £140, £150 this year. Are they listeners, or are you going to get a cancellation email after this goes live? <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> um, but, so, the, my renewal came up, and it was, I think, £140, £150 more expensive. My argument is, is you know, I've had another year driving on my belt, another year's no claims, I'm not getting any younger, uh, I'm not really in the boy racer demographic anymore even though I like to think I am still with a yellow car um, so I phoned them up and said look can you justify the difference you know why it's gone from 600 something pound to 750 or 760 pounds and of course you get obviously the computer says this that and the other anyway long story short was uh, they were able to reduce it by 40 or 50 pounds so that put me in the notion then of, of doing a bit of shopping around um, put a message out to a few guys uh, in M3s and that as well and a couple of companies came back Admiral being one of them so sent Admiral an email or went onto their online thing uh, went through the things and because the car is modified and obviously I want to keep all modifications declared um, then it turned into a phone call so that was fine what gets interesting though is uh, so the, the lady I was speaking to from Admiral uh, she was really helpful and she said oh 
um, have you been on any compare the market sites? And I goes, no, I haven't. She goes, are you sure? And I goes, yeah, like you're the second person I've spoken to about it. Adrian Flux was the other one. <laughs> and she was able to tell me that on the Monday previous, uh, she could see some searches based on my name, my address, my date of birth and the car in question. So it turns out that Adrian Flux um, have been phoning or been on the car, uh, the comparison you, websites themselves. You mean you rang an insurer and then they went and checked the car comparison sites? What? What? what, what why? Why what? Why me or why them? Uh, what, what, what were they doing? That's the bit I find interesting. So Adrian Flux, who I would have assumed would have been this big, huge insurance company and they underwrite everything themselves. Uh-huh. It turns out that Adrian Flux had been going to the... The, the go compare sites and whatever else to see could they, could they get a better policy than Adrian Flux were able to give me themselves. I wonder is that automated? I wonder does it do it automatically? Does the, do they do like a market research thing to make sure that their Power BI tool run on somewhere? I don't know, but I find yeah, it interesting. Talk to, I, I find talk to Adrian about this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just find it really interesting that Admiral were That's able mental. to tell me that, that there had been live searches three or four days previous to that there. I wonder, I wonder is it like a, like a soft credit mm-hmm. check type thing the way you that, type mm. of that thing. was what actually made me wonder, you know, because obviously there's, uh, I can't imagine there being any credit references out there, but I just find it really interesting where, you know, you maybe, are, are maybe it's better to catch out the bullshitters who say, oh, I was just quoted £200 from Ed yeah. or whoever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. So I, I said I find it interesting anyway. Um, had two other companies came in then and I've got insured for £520, mm-hmm. uh, again with all modifications declared and uh, with a £25,000 guaranteed payout. So there we go. It's interesting. I've noticed on the uh, the Facebook groups for the M4 owners, the M3 owners recently that I'm on, there's quite a lot of guys selling up because their insurance has doubled this year on the cars for no particular reason. No crashes, yeah. no claims. It just seems to have gone up. Um, I don't know if that's as bad over here, but in England certainly there's a lot of complaints about it. Look, it's it's part of the whole general cost of yeah. of, of living too. Like it's, it's probably the straw that broke the camel's back maybe. Yeah. You know, as well, mm-hmm. that, that well, you, you look at pri- the price of cars now, too, mm-hmm. have taken a, a horrible thump. Fuel. Mm-hmm. Pri- yeah, well, price of fuel, mm-hmm. people's mortgages going up through the roof and all the rest. Suddenly, you know, car payments and uh, insuring Cost and all of the living. rest. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 mental. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example of that. Um, so the last shape of Range Rover from 2014 is the L405. Yep. Um, you... Last year, there about early twenties would be the cheapest one. Mm-hmm. You can now buy one of them for about thirteen grand. Wow, sudden drop! It's not mm. unbelievable for like a twenty fourteen uh, full fat Range Rover. Something yeah. that looks Lord Lord of the Manor. They, if if you can pick up a decent one with warranty on it for that kind of money. Well, at, now decent with warranty. I was I was I was on the low to high. <laughs> you know when you look in, on the auto trader and you do low to high, yeah. And you're 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 looking at a thirteen grand L four hundred five Range Rover, and you scroll two down, and there's an add in for one ninety seven. It's like, oh yeah, just what I'm looking yeah. for when I'm looking at bargain basement cars. Yeah. For a BCA check. Oh, oh. oh uh, it's funny. So there's a there's a friend of mine, Pat. Pat had a Mercedes E Class and lifted water. Um, insurance paid him out. Five grand, you know, so it's a, it's a 12, 13-year-old E320. Mm-hmm. Pat isn't the sharpest tool in the sharpest chisel in the toolbox, so he loves old Range Rovers. So Pat went and bought himself a three and a half grand Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't last a weekend in it. <laughs> so 
he was told not to do it, not to buy it. And he goes, oh, but I love him, mate. I love him. He didn't last the weekend in his three and a half grand Range Rover. I did laugh. There was a lovely story in RMS. I'll say lovely. That's not the. That's not what I mean. But it, it did give me a chuckle that that um, and, and chuckle at unfortunate circumstances, laughing with someone rather than at someone. The the Range Rover was way getting fixed. It had been delivered home. They were out. Someone had stolen it. <laughs> And it was it was way getting fixed. Someone had stolen it, and it was found broken down mile down the road. Which <laughs> <laughs> is just wonderful. Can, can, I, can I break your heart here? Yes. The cheapest Range Rover, well, these, BCA, a Land Rover, uh, sorry, Range Rover Sport, two point seven TDV six of two hundred thousand miles, uh, with an essential check needed, nine hundred sixty pound. Oh, hold on, estimate. That's that is a old chip Range Rover yeah, Sport. Yeah, it's probably a non-runner. Yeah. So, um, so we need a, we need to be... What year did you want to so Take Sport out. So, yeah. 20, uh, take Sport out, yeah. Cause it's, 2010 it, to 2014 would have been the tw- face lift in them. 20, no, it's it's the 2014 onwards I'm talking oh, about. Okay. Yes. So 2013, I think, and it's range. It's probably Range Rover Series. Not a Sport? It's not a Sport, no, full, okay. full fat. Uh, yeah, that's and it. And... Yeah, from, say 2013, 2014 onwards. Someone will be shouting, the help, the L405 come out on the 29th of October 2012. <laughs> Guys, come on now. But uh, yeah, so we'll have a look on BCA here and see what they're... Uh, yeah, there was, there was, that must be the last of the old the old shape there. Is that 2013 cars? No, that's 2010. So we have a bit to go yet. That's still the old car. There you go. 12 grand. Cheapest Holy one shit. for an S. It's so high it's, mileage, but... So it's not it's 124k well. yeah. on it uh, uh, 4.4 SDV at Vogue good god in grey uh, 12 grand on um, and like they look not a bad looking car they mm-hmm. are looking impressive now this one here has a, a few choice extra splitters and things on it which is a wee bit uh, grim is that like a oh, brown that's, interior that's right down my street with a oh, it's right up your straps like. dash. Yep. I think it's black it's just the, the shine of it uh, it's got the shine of seats with a quarter of a million miles on it wow. <laughs> before it was plugged in. Anyway, well, uh, yeah, but yeah, that, so the, the price of stuff is on. Holy shit, that's completely yeah. shocked me. Uh, look, I've, I haven't wanted to look too much, but uh, Lotuses, there's you can you can get a great deal in an Amira at the moment. Uh, well, uh, well under list for a car with a couple of thousand miles on it. Mike, uh, how are C sixty threes doing that <laughs> on BC? Not that bad, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> just to ruin this Christmas here, considering he's laughing at people with broken down Range Rovers. My, well, no, I say my Lotus has lost a pile of cash, but here, I d- there's no point in it. It's it's just here, listen, it, yeah. It, you know, I didn't buy it for that. No, you know, I, I've, I've been very, very lucky with other cars over the years. Very, very lucky that uh, things it's, have held their money, things have appreciated. Yeah. So it's all swings and roundabouts, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and do you know what? Bring on, bring on the good weather. And I've, the Lotus hasn't turned the wheel in a while. See the, the, mm-hmm. the state of the roads and the weather and all mm-hmm. the rest. The last thing I had out was a track day. We talked about it before down at Mandela. Have you sworn it? No. I say I'm the same. I'm actually kicking myself in the minute because I, I haven't driven the M3 in probably since the end of September. We, we hear this, right? So, how, how much was the, the uh, road tax for the, for, for the first year in the Lotus? It was like 1800 quid for year one. Because you're, you're buying a new car, buying a new car. Right luxury, luxury car tax and all this sort of mm-hmm. crap here. So then I thought, ah, I'll sort it. I'll get 900 quid back. <laughs> oh, no, you get the percentage back of the standard rate. Uh-huh. So it got like 300 quid back. And I was like, no, I've, I've paid this as part of buying a new car. Yeah. So I may as well. It pays. Yeah. 
it's just it's some yeah. cost it's gone have it available if you want to take it out exactly someday. and yeah. have I taken it out no no, because no. it's absolutely stinking out there I cleaned it and it's sitting in the garage but after spending that the first dry day you get like a nice winter dry day I would take it out absolutely 100% 100% yeah. when the roads aren't crappy and uh, yeah hopefully a nice mm-hmm. day when I'm off work mm-hmm. coming up to Christmas or something like that get out for half an hour and for that's a skill. why I haven't ever sworn it in all the time I've had it and during the last couple of winters I haven't drove it once even when you had the good day because even when it's a good day it's, it's not that good because see by the time you get finished you'll be probably like me you'll want to wash it and clean it and put it away again mm-hmm. so that it'll be ready it's nearly too much hassle but the only good thing is with the road's a little bit greasy it is good fun oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah totally so. totally just backwards everywhere yeah but uh, do, do you know it's also a good thing because that it, it's on the SeaTac charger so much, it's a great thing. Those SeaTac yeah, chargers brilliant. have like a quick release mm-hmm. in case you forget the flipping disconnect. SeaTac <laughs> charger, <laughs> you maybe done that. <laughs> no, those SeaTacs are brilliant. Yep, great job. And funnily enough, people have battery. People have problems with mm-hmm. those Lotuses because of low battery. And low battery is a massive yep. thing with the yeah. the um, fixed brains and things and all. I think, and you, and again, come back to what I said about your man Nico after thousands of pounds worth of, of repair bills and whatever else it turned out it was uh, a frig battery was causing all the problems with his with his Ferrari and I think that that is essentially the problem with modern supercars modern hypercars like what you guys have there's so much controlled mm-hmm. by the battery so, and voltage so many microchips yeah. basically and, ca- and cars not being driven so voltage drop and all the rest yeah. so funnily enough the, the Merc but it's driven daily is uh, it had an auxiliary battery warrant so, but, okay. but I was able to buy an aux battery because they're all the same across mm-hmm. the range it wasn't mm-hmm. specific to the C63 it was like 50 quid 10 minutes to fit yeah it was dead handy so yeah. Um, but yeah nothing's infallible like. nope. but anyway Gary Please pick up, tell us something good. Is, is, is there something internal combustion and exciting coming? Uh, I don't know. This is more of a question than a, the, any kind of opinion here. Uh, I keep seeing ads on Facebook and on motoring sites and things for the new MR2 and mock-ups and so on. But I was Googling it earlier and I could not find anything solid other than Twitter or chatting about plans to release one. Well, I would, I would believe it because they've brought out yeah. so much, so many great, you know, the GR86 mm-hmm. and the GR Yaris and all the rest, you know. Exactly. But got me thinking because we were at the classic show and I was we were chatting about uh, MR2s. You've had one, Ross, mm-hmm. quite a catching one a few years ago. Loved it. And we saw a couple of the show and we hadn't really, haven't been on our radar for a couple of years because they've kind of disappeared off the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were just chatting about, you know, they were good fun. They were a turbo one was quite a rocket ship and mm-hmm. Still a good looking car. Remember the the red one we saw at the classic show. Mm-hmm. Quite, I think it had been repainted and quite clean all round. Stunning. And there was, there was so. a couple of guys in RMS has have, have had lovely ones. Yeah, uh, as well. Even quite even quite recently, I think there was a couple of guys had mm-hmm. uh, a couple of uh, like a barn find one. And yeah, had appeared. I think they're a very timeless car. You know, again, they they were they were off their time, but mm-hmm. I don't think they dated. I, I I just think they're a really really nice looking car. I have great memories of driving them. Almost in period that drove really well. Yeah, yeah, they were tight on the road and mm-hmm. kind of good feedback and stuff for them. Mm-hmm. So hope, hopefully they, they do bring one back. Snap. You know, nice um, snap, snappy. Yeah, but it's good to see Toyota. You know, we're doing stuff like this because all the manufacturers are kind of shying away from coupes now and stuff. Like there was chat about um, the Integra coming back, and they kept showing photos of the front end. Remember, and then it turned out to be like a, a four door variant. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the the, the two door based on the, the DC two or the DC five. Well, Toyota have threatened to bring out a facelifted version of the GR Yaris mm. with 300 horse and an 8-speed DCT. 
Mm, so which, yeah. I, which I don't know you asked to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> it would really beat you there. Mighty little did. hatch, <laughs> if it did. Um, I think they're a mighty hatch anyway. They re, like, um, mm. Gav of RMS, mm-hmm. uh, Shetland Islands Gav, he got rid of his Alpha and he picked up the GRRs. Mm-hmm. And he drives it properly and he has fun in it. He'd done a European trip in it as well. Um, but as he said himself, he says it's just the perfect back road car. Oh, Could, couldn't think of anything I, better. I, I really do miss mine. And uh, seeing it again, we were at that, that classic show. Yeah. We saw there was a couple of GRERs. Mm-hmm. GRERs doesn't look out of place beside uh, Integrale mm-hmm. or a UR Quadro or something like yep. that. It's just... They're just all out of the same out of yeah. the same mold. Just mm-hmm. got a kind of muscular, short, small hatched kind Hunch, of look. Yeah. yeah, just big fat arches on them. I, I think it's honestly, small, I think they're aggression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're a beautiful wee car. Yeah, no, absolutely class. Uh, I, I would definitely have have another one. So yeah, hopefully we'll see an MR2. Then now they're a different animal entirely. They'd be a more svelte kind of thing. Midship, midship runabouts too. What's the thing? Would it be a midship now? Would it be a hybrid? Who knows? Well, it'll be a hybrid, guarantee it. Mm-hmm. It's the only way they could do it, unless they put a. GR Yaris drivetrain into it or something mm-hmm. like that. I was surprised they didn't put the GR Yaris drivetrain into the GR86. Yeah. Would have been would have been nice wee turbocharged mm-hmm. rear wheel drive rather than the boxer. But here, if anyone could do it, Toyota will do it. They're they're doing no wrong. Yeah. They can't really build a good EV at the moment, but that doesn't matter. I don't care as long as they keep building like rally cars and homologation specials. More part of them. But um yeah, anyway. Ross, anything else yourself? Very little. I'm just here to to look good <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, on that note, Merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, and thank you because it, it's you know it, it's I, I know certainly for me, I love this. Uh, this is a bit of fun, you know, and and us three guys meeting together, talking shit for an hour, an hour and a bit about something that we're all still after all these years passionate about and the fact we're able to have a chat, have a discussion for a couple of hours that gets people engaging, gets people send a message that I, I, I love that there so do I'm sure you do as well. You bring a tear to a glass eye. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's good to get out together and uh, hopefully next year we'll we'll try and get a good few more guests on the show. Yes, and the, there's, there's a couple in the, in the pipeline that if they do come off this year uh, or for 2024 It'll be uh, well. I'll um, just make an air. Clarkson, Hammond, Mayor now unemployed, so we we'll probably get them <laughs> someday. We could, yeah. So we need a trip to Diddley Squat. Um, yeah. uh, the smallest cog is uh, is the hamsters. Hammond. Where's James made of? I don't know. I don't know. He's he's cooking now, so he is. Yeah, he's he's cooking everywhere. He's cooking. He's the master chef kitchen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, so, Serena's. So like. Like and subscribe. You'll find us everywhere at RMS Motoring. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to Gary Riley and to Ross Hallett. And remember, there was no warranty. This was sold as seen.